Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our August meeting of the Transbay Joint Powers Authority Board of Directors. Hope everyone's having a good summer, and the best is yet to come because having grown up and lived and born in San Francisco, our best weather is the month of September. So the best is yet to come. Roll call, please. Good morning. Uh, Directors, uh, prior to taking role, I would like to note that Director Chang is uh, not here, but is expected. And directors, or Director El Tawanzi and Vice Chair Mandelman are absent today due to scheduling conflicts, but Director Chang and Ambul are sitting in as their alternates, respectively. With that, I will call roll. Director Forbes? Here. Forbes present. Director John Baptiste? Present. John Baptiste present. Director Lipkin? Present. Lipkin present. Director Syed? Present. Syed present. Director Tumlin? Present. Tumlin present. Chair G? Here. G present. Directors, we have quorum. If I may proceed to the next item. Please. Great. Directors, item three is communications, and we would like to note the process for members of the public to make public comment. Members of the public may comment on the meeting during public comment periods, in person or remotely. The call-in line is provided as a courtesy, and its availability may be disrupted due to technical difficulties or otherwise. In-person public comment will be taken first. Remote public comment will be taken after. The public call-in line is printed on the agenda, and dialing instructions should be scrolling at the bottom of the screen on SFGovTV. With that, directors, are there any communications? Not seeing any, so let's continue. Great. I'll proceed to your next item. Item four is uh, Board of Directors New and Old Business. Directors, I am not aware of any. Great. I'll proceed to the next item. Directors, item five is the Executive Director's Report. Executive <coughs> Director um, Vanderwater uh, is here to address you. Good morning, directors. Uh, we're excited to bring a number of substantive items to you today that we've been planning on for over two years' time now. Um, and these will advance the third and final leg of the Transbay program. Um, I want to take a moment to appreciate all the hard work the staff and our partners have put into reaching this milestone as it has involved many technical discussions and not just a few light nights and weekends to get us here today. So um, that includes not only the DTX project team and its many hardworking uh, consultants, but the entire TJPA team, Caltram team, high-speed rail team, County Transportation Authority, city and county, and our own ad hoc committee of the board. Um, it really has taken a village to get here today and excited to um, get into the substance. Later in today's agenda, you'll hear from the team about three significant items to advance the portal project. First is a request of your authorization to submit updated documentation, including the financial plan, for us to enter the engineering phase of the FTA's capital investment grant new starts program. This builds on the documentation we submitted in February and results in a formal project rating and entry into the engineering phase of the, the CIG process, which in turn makes the project grant eligible and positions the agency to ask for a full funding grant agreement in the fall of 2024 prior to an expected spring 2025 execution date. As part of that, you'll hear that we reached agreement with the FTA that the 2010 investment to build the existing two-level train box as part of phase one counts as an eligible matching expenditure for our CIG application, which brings us closer to completing the project funding plan and allows for a higher non-CIG local match. 
We also included feedback from FTA's assigned project management oversight consultant and included financing costs and limited rolling stock to allow Caltrain's beautiful new EMUs to access our planned tunnel and modern level boarding platforms. Secondly, we've, re we've reached agreement with Caltrain on an interim agreement that will bridge the gap between the soon to expire letter of agreement we signed last year and the development of a master cooperative agreement scheduled for this coming uh, next year and fall of 2024. Finally, we're excited to progress the governance blueprint, uh, which we hope will become a model for how we deliver complex transportation mega projects in the Bay Area, and look forward to your feedback as we work on the remaining questions as part of a successor MOU uh, later this calendar year. On the funding front, we continue to track the status of various funding opportunities, including developing an application for the federal 2023 mega grant cycle um, for the U.S. Secretary of Transportation, which is due later this month on August 21st. As you recall, we'll pre we previously applied for the 2022 mega round, and did, while we did not receive award, uh, the portal was recognized as one of 13 projects nationally, exhibiting key strengths that align with the administration's goals of job creation, climate change, resiliency and environment, equity, multimodal options, and quality of life and innovation. And we received positive feedback about our application from USDOT staff during our March visit to Washington, which we've used to help us tailor our revised grant request. We also submitted a $97 million federal state partnership application and a $30 million consolidated rail infrastructure and safety improvements grant application and expect to hear back on both grant opportunities from the Federal Railroad Administration uh, later this fall. Regionally, we continue to coordinate with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission on an update to their major advancement projects process as they plan to bring it back in September to their programming and allocations committee prior to action in October. We expect to continue discussions asking them to consider moving the portal to a higher priority so that we may leverage federal funds in coordination with their support and advocacy. We also look forward to working with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission as they revisit their bipartisan infrastructure law framework around the same time, which we hope they'll consider adding both the MEGA and Chrissy funding grants as endorsed POTS for the portal project. At the Transit Center, uh, recent return to office data confirms that San Francisco downtown is slowly bouncing back. And we are seeing this uh, in our park and even on my morning uh, standing room only bus rides into the center, which is uh, encouraging news. Last month, we hosted multiple tours with interns from San Francisco Planning, San Francisco Metropolitan Transportation Authority, and MTC, as well as students from UC Berkeley. They were great opportunities to highlight the TJPA's role through the delivery of the transit center and park, along with what is to come for the portal. Uh, reminder that public tours are available through SF City Guides. The public can visit their website for available, available tour dates, which are offered a couple of times per month. Tomorrow, August 11th, marks the five-year anniversary of the Transit Center's grand opening. We've been through a lot in that time, but one thing is clear. The center has not only served as a multimodal facility connecting riders to their important transit connections, but it has become a center of community and led the creation of tomorrow's downtown with its active recreation, dense housing, and mixed-use development, and sustainable connectivity. We're excited to share that earlier this week, we were chosen as an award recipient for the 2023 Transit Security Grant Program through the Federal Emergency Management Administration. These funds will update the Senator's security uh, equipment, which you'll hear a little bit more about from Rodney Harris, our Chief Security Officer, shortly. Next month is Transit Month, and we're working on some events that will help showcase the Transit Center and the portal to the public, uh, and we'll share more information as we finalize details. And lastly, um, we have a new vacancy on our Citizens Advisory Committee. 
uh, due to member Oatman Stanford stepping down uh, to meet his other obligations. We're pulling from past application pools to fill this open seat before next year's annual recruitment cycle and expect to recommend a candidate for consideration at your September meeting. Happy to answer any questions on my executive director report before we turn it over to Rodney Harris uh, to provide the contract security quarterly update. Thank you very much. And directors, any questions at this time? Not seeing any, so we'll continue with the security report and we'll take public comments once all the reports have been completed. Uh, good morning, Chair G, directors. Uh, before my presentation, I would like to expand on uh, Executive Director uh, Vanderwarder's comment regarding the Transportation Security Grant Program. Um, this is our seventh year applying for this particular grant, uh, two years uh, before operating and then five years since we've opened. Uh, this grant is huge for the uh, organization. It signifies that the grantors recognize our security program. Uh, this $110,000 grant will allow us to replace our access control system servers, which Dell no longer supports. Finally, uh, this grant demonstrates the agency's persistence uh, in seeking opportunities to reduce operating and capital expenditures. Thank you. Contract security, we're, we're still tracking uh, three performance indicators, personnel turnover, post-staffing, post-in-site competency testing. There's no turnover uh, during this reporting period. We continue to leverage Allied Universal Employee Rewards Program, which promotes uh, engagement and retention. And we talked about, uh, last time I was here, we talked about the Allied Universal um, um, retention program, and that program consists of $100 um, gift cards, $50 gift cards, on-the-spot awards, et cetera, um, to encourage engagement and retention. Post-staffing uh, is critical to ensure that we have a, a safe and secure environment. Uh, our established uh, staffing contingency plans combined with the cross-training personnel ensure we have coverage. Um, we're very dynamic at the transit center. You got regular operations with uh, uh, our operators, Greyhound, um, Muni, uh, AC Transit, Westcat, et cetera. So we deal with some of those life uh, um, quality of life issues aboard those vessels, conveyance uh, that we deal with on a daily basis, and then you throw in the activities that are going on in, in the park. And so we have to stay dynamic, and, and that cross-training allows us to, to be flexible uh, in ensuring that we have maximal coverage throughout the transit center. Post-site and competency testing, uh, again, we, we go out, we hire them, um, we put them out on post, and then we go back and we do a check-in with all the officers to ensure that they have a good understanding of the post orders and, uh, and that they can execute uh, their responsibilities. And then we ask those practical questions uh, to, uh, to stimulate their job uh, tasks uh, that are required for them to reform without uh, fail. This concludes my presentation. Be glad to answer any questions. Very good, Rodney. Thanks for the report and update. Directors, right. any questions? Okay. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. And next is our facilities update from Ari Walsh. Good morning, Director. Uh, 
Chair G and directors, uh, pleasure to be here with you today on this uh, great weather. Uh, to start us off, as usual, we've got our popular programs highlight. In July, we win a little bananas, and that is totally a pun, because the name of Circus Bella's performance was Bananas. We welcomed over a 1,000. I am a dad, so I could make dad jokes, I guess. Um, over a 1,000 people uh, attended, and it was a really great time for everybody. Uh, upcoming performances, so between September and October, we've got everything from a drag show to salsa dancing to silent discos to ballet. And we really hope that folks can make it down and make the park a really enjoyable place. Looking at some of our point in time counts uh, for attendance of park events, you can uh, see here when compared to July of 2022 with July of 2023, we've actually had an increase of over 33% in attendance to events, which is quite good. Shifting gears over to the Salesforce Transit Center from the park, uh, we ran some data uh, for the first six months of the year, and I was really encouraged to see some of these numbers. Uh, we've had over 500,000 visits during the first six months of the year. We've had uh, an average dwell time of 27 minutes, so the amount of time that people are hanging around, which is actually quite good for a transit center, especially when you consider people are trying to get through very quickly. This means they're stopping, they're enjoying a beverage, or uh, doing something else. Uh, for our visit trends, we can see the most popular times at the Transit Center, which is um, also eye-opening. It's between three and five, uh, when, uh, and then you've got some pickup around lunch as well. As for the days of the week that are most popular, we've got Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, and Monday, respectively, with uh, Sunday being a little more popular than I had originally thought as well. And then another uh, slide showing the average dwell times. And then moving right along into our retail leasing updates. So one uh, update to share with everyone is uh, Via Via is no longer going to be called Via Via. Uh, they changed their name to Modi uh, due to a restaurant in the past having a similar name and they wanted to distinguish themselves. Modi was actually a famous uh, sculptor and artist from their hometown of Livorno in the 1800s uh, and they really want to pay respect to that with their new name. They're moving right along and they're going to be opening up in uh, the next couple months. And as a sneak peek, here's some delicious uh, food that they'll be serving. Everything from Mexican flan with fruta de becco. Um, my Italian is not very good. And uh, duck confit with a mole poblano and of course some delicious tapas and tacos. Uh, they'll also be having a birria lasagna, which I find quite interesting and can't wait to check out. With that, I'm happy to answer any questions. All right, thank you for the update. Directors, any questions? Are you, just a quick question. How are, are the current businesses doing? Are they seeing an uptick in? They are. We, are, we monitor their financials, uh, and, and they, are, they are doing better, especially in these summer months. We're actually noticing much more of an uptick during the last three months, mainly probably because of the storms we had in the first quarter. <clears throat> well, the best weather is coming. Hopefully that tick will be even go higher. So. Exactly. <laughs> Anything else, directors? If not, thank you very much. Thank you. Take public comment if there's any on the executive director facility and security reports. Great. I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I will check online.
Seeing none online, that would conclude public comment for that item. Very good, thank you. And prior to proceeding to, we have someone that just, um, pardon. Pardon me, Chair G, someone just raised their hand, so we do have public comment online. Moderator, if you can please let the member of the public in. Hi, this is Jim Patrick with Patrick and Company. I want to uh, commend uh, this report uh, on the statistics for the uh, amount of people coming to the Transbase Center. It's uh, much, much, much improved. I, I note 3,000 people a day staying 27 minutes, uh, whether that's absolutely accurate or not, but that is significant and we should be using that as a sales tool to uh, sell to our potential tenants. Uh, so those numbers are big and they're growing. And I also count the lines uh, out at the Typhoon uh, Kitchen, I think, that's Typhoon Kitchen. And, uh, you know, there are lines out there. So the people are uh, fine, and that's good news. Thank you. Thank you, member of the public. Give it one moment. Seeing no other for, uh, no additional public comment online. And prior to proceeding to item six, I would like to note for the record, though I called prior to uh, roll that Director Ambul is sitting in for Director L. Twanzi. Um, I did not call uh, his name at that time, so apologies. And I would like to note for the record that Director Chang has now joined the meeting. And now Chair G, I'll proceed to item six. Directors, item six is Citizen Advisories Committee update. Due to Chair Larkin and Vice Chair uh, Shaw of the CAC unable to attend today, we have Lily Magis Wu, TJPA Legislative Affairs and Communications Director, I'm here to address you. Good morning, directors. Uh, Lily Magiswi, Communications and Legislative Affairs Director. Um, as mentioned by um, Carsey, uh, the chair and vice chair were not able to make it, and the presiding member was not able to also make it, so I'm providing the report today. Um, wanted to just say how big of a milestone it is, and the CAC members were definitely um, excited about it, and also had a very lively discussion. They look forward to engaging further in our process as we um, complete the uh, funding plan to see the project through. So that concludes my report. I'll take any questions if you have any. Any questions for Lily? Not seeing any. Lily, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, and I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I'll check online. Seeing no public comment online, I'll proceed to the next item. Great. Directors, item seven is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the authority on matters that are not on today's agenda. And I will check the room. Seeing no one in the room, I will check online. We have members online. Moderator, if you can please let um, the member of the public in. Good morning, uh, Directors Roland Rebrandt, San Jose. 
Uh, the first thing I'd like to bring to your uh, attention is that um, APEC uh, will be held in San Francisco uh, November 12 to 18, with 21 world leaders in attendance, including President Joe Biden, who is known as a train guy. So I'm wondering um, if you could uh, somehow invite him to visit our beautiful train box, which is currently lying in waiting for equally beautiful trains. On the not-so-positive side, um, I would like to alert the board to concerning developments in the Central Valley. Uh, first of all, um, signaling. Um, uh, attended the last board meeting, and they were mentioned that the authority uh, was continuing extending the 200-mile-an-hour signaling system um, to the um, DTX. Unless of following the standard in Europe, which is that when the train leaves the tracks and transitions uh, to a blended system, it switches to the signaling system of the host line. And I believe um, um, you know exactly how it works. Once they enter the tunnels, they switch to a different signaling system. It's, this is not rocket science. Um, the other issue, and that one is serious, is with uh, level boarding. Now, as I mentioned last month, they've now actually managed uh, to convince Brightline West to um, confirm with their high platforms, and there's absolutely no need for this. And then what's even more concerning is that they are now con uh, going to convince the CPUC that these high platforms are the way to go. And in closing, I'd like to remind you that if Caltrain ever have to open the high doors, they're going to end up with trains with lots of doors and not a lot of seats. Thank you. Thank you, caller. And we have one. Looks like we have another caller who would like to provide comment. Moderator, if you can please let the caller in. Hi, this is Jim Patrick, uh, Patrick and Company. I wanted to uh, address a little bit this consent calendar coming up. Um, caller, we will take your comment at the consent calendar when it is called. Okay. If there is no, uh, there's no further public comment online, uh, that concludes item seven public comment. Okay. Uh, directors, I will now call the consent calendar. Okay. All matters listed uh, here under constitute a consent calendar are considered to be routine by the Trans Bay Joint Powers Authority and will be acted upon by a single vote. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the board or the public so requests, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item. And directors, we have a member of the public who would uh, wish to provide comment. And moderator, if you can please let that member of the public in so they may provide comment.
There's nobody there. Jason, Mr. Patrick wanted to comment on the consent calendar. There he is. Can you put him through? 415392? He just joined back. There you go. Uh, hi, uh, this is Jim Patrick with Patrick and Company uh, concerning the consent calendar and the leases associated uh, therewith. Uh, there, we've been going for five years in the downstairs area uh, on the what, south side is barely populated uh, in terms of leasing. And that, that's a strategic problem. I believe we need shorter leases. I believe uh, we need to reduce the build-out expense by not requiring union labor. These are policy issues. I believe the real estate agent uh, representing uh, these people wants longer leases. Uh, that just drives up the real estate commission. I think he wants shorter leases. And the goal should be that the retailer is very successful in making money. And when they make money, you can have a happy retailer getting a good market price. You can't do it with six or eight percent override. It's just too much uh, to ask, in, in my opinion. That's a policy issue. And you want to take advantage of the numbers. As I said earlier, we have 3,000 people a day going to the transit center. Unbelievably, 27 minutes dwell time. That's significant, and we should be able to, to uh, capitalize on this but we have some uh, poor policies in place relative to the leasing. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Uh, directors, I have not received any indication that a member of the board um, would like to have any of these items considered separately, so I will directors, go ahead and... Is there a motion to approve the consent? Motion. I'll make a motion. I think I'll go with Director Forbes made the motion. Director said made a second. Thank you. Okay, I will go ahead and call the consent calendar. Uh, 8.1, approving the minutes of the July 13th, 2023 meeting. 8.2, authorizing the executive director to execute an extension of the alternate rent period contemplated under the First Amendment to the lease agreement with Ugo Kuchu. Iconcho and Carolyn Iconcho, DBA, Charlie's Philly Steaks, a California Comp Corporation for Commercial Retail Space on the first floor of the Transit Center, Suite 139. 8.3, authorizing the executive director to execute an extension of the alternate rent period contemplated under the Fourth Amendment to the lease agreement with Transbay Fitness Incorporated for commercial and retail space on the second floor of the Transit Center, Suites 208 and 212. 8.4, authorizing the executive director to execute an extension of alternate rent period contemplated under the Second Amendment to the lease agreement with Poke House Incorporated, a California corporation for commercial retail space on the first floor of the Transit Center, Suite 127. 8.5, authorizing the executive director to execute an extension of the alternate rent period contemplated under the Second Amendment to the lease agreement with Phil's Coffee. Coffee Incorporated for commercial and retail space on the first floor of the Transit Center, Suites 100 and 143. 8.6, authorizing the Executive Director to execute an amendment to the lease agreement with Mr. East Incorporated, DBA, Tycoon Kitchen, for commercial and retail space on the first floor of the Transit Center, Suite 121, including exercising the extension of the alternate rent period. 
And lastly, 8.7, authorizing the executive director to execute a third amendment to the lease agreement with Onside Dental LLC for commercial and retail space on the second floor of the Transit Center, suites 216, 218, and 220. And I believe we received a first by Director Forbes and a second by Director Syed. And at this time, <laughs> I will call roll. Um, Director Chang. Chang, aye. Director Forbes. Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste. Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Lipkin. Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Syed. Aye. Syed, aye. Director Tumlin. Aye. Tumlin, aye. And Chair G. Yes. The consent calendar is approved. And if I may proceed to your next item. Please. Great. Directors, item nine is presentation of the updated downtown real extension project scope, project schedule, and 20-year financial plan, including capital cost estimate and capital funding plan, and authorizing the executive director to submit updated documentation to the Federal Transit Administration for entering into the engineering phase of the capital investment grants new starts program for phase two of the Transbay program. Executive Director Vanderwater will introduce the item. And Alfonso Rodriguez, TJPA Project Director for the Portal, and Andrea Miller, TJPA Chief Financial Officer, will jointly present the item. <laughs> Directors, we've been working towards this moment for close to two years now and working very collaboratively under the Rail Peninsula MOU to do so. so very excited to bring this uh, item to you today. As I mentioned in my opening ED report, this would uh, enter us into engineering, provide a formal project rating uh, that would in turn make us grant eligible and set us up towards a full funding grant agreement um, where we anticipate requesting 49.4% of the total cost of the project from the Federal New Starts Capital Investment Grant Program. So look forward to um, your consideration today. We have this in two parts. First, the financial plan and an M plan for both the TJPA and the TJPA with the project, um, and then the capital project um, and the updated submission from our February action when we submitted preliminary documentation uh, requesting entry into the engineering phase. So with that, our CFO, Andrea Miller, uh, will start the presentation. Thank you. Good morning, Chair G and members of the board. Andrea Miller, Chief Financial Officer. I will be um, presenting the first half of this presentation and before turning it over to Alfonso Rodriguez, our DTX Project Director. Um, by way of an outline, um, I'll touch on the 20-year financial plan, um, TJPA's operating and capital projection, uh, before turning it over to Alfonso to um, go further and elaborate on the DTX Project Capital Cost Estimate, uh, the capital funding plan, as well as incremental operating costs and funding approach. Um, as I mentioned, Alfonso will go into over the 20-year financial plan for both TJPA and uh, Caltrain further. Um, the capital plan describes the sources and uses of the capital funding for TJPA as well as Caltrain. Uh, it also demonstrates the approach to funding uh, to deliver the capital programs as well as implement the DTX program, as well as demonstrates at least a commitment of 30% of the non-SIG grant funding. The operation and maintenance plan um, will include the 20-year financial forecast uh, cost for funding of TJPA as well as Caltrain. Also demonstrates the approach of both agencies to fund the incremental costs uh, and of expanded systems and facilities. And also presents a reasonableness plan to secure funding commitments and fund operation of the expanded system. 
Um, in terms of operating revenue and assumptions, um, RM2 allocations are projected to continue at about 3.5% increase year over year. Our th RM3 allocations um, are projected to reach 5 million, uh, 5 million per year with no escalation in fiscal years 26 and 27. Um, the financial forecast assumes uh, the community benefit uh, district is renewed beyond its initials June 30th, 2030 term and continues to cover 79.18% of the Salesforce Park O&M costs. The retail and advertising revenue um, have been affected by delays in tenant openings, uh, slow uh, downtown recovery, as well as adjusted rents, but we reject full recovery by fiscal year 2930. In terms of the operator lease and use payments, um, this is a straight line escalation of existing costs uh, projected to reach 6.2 million in fiscal year 25-26, but TJPA is exploring every um, opportunity to decrease these costs through increased tenancy, um, advertising, special events, and other revenue sources. These lease and use payments are projected to decline to about 2.7 million in fiscal year 31-32. Uh, In terms of operating expenditure assumptions, um, operating expenditures for Salesforce Transit Center are consistent with the 23-24 adopted budget and assumes about a 3% growth in, cross, in costs year over year. The Salesforce Park includes the standard programming, landscaping, and park uh, uh, management fees at current service levels with no um, increase in costs there. Our operating reserve assumptions includes our emergency reserve, which is currently funded at the policy level of 500,000. Um, the operating reserve is projected to reach reserve policy level of 25% by fiscal year 24-25 um, with transfers from the RM3 reimbursements. The uh, transfers to capital replacement reserve includes transfers of unspent AC transit capital contributions and additional anticipated RM3 reimbursements to the capital replacement reserve. I'm expanding further on the capital reserve on the capital revenue assumptions. Um, AC transit capital contribution assumes um, to continue at 500,000 per year. Community Benefit District is, uh, assumes that that is renewed beyond the term of June 30th, 2030, and continues to cover about 79.18% of Salesforce Park's capital improvement and maintenance costs. Net tax increment um, for the uh, repayment of existing plan financings will be available to, for additional fund, funding of the capital replacement reserve. And capital uh, replacement reserve, as previously mentioned, increases over time um, based on the transfers of the net tax increment and uh, additional RM3 reimbursements to the reserve. Capital expenditure assumptions in, uh, includes, uh, the, again, it's consistent with the board policy for the capital improvement plan. Um, staff has collaborated with the asset manager on near-term estimates, um, which is built into the projection. The out years are based on an average of the near-term assumptions with a 3.5% annual escalation rate. And um, in the capital plan, you'll see that the cost categories includes uh, the closeout of phase one, uh, facility maintenance information and security um, categories, park maintenance, wayfinding enhancements, as well as tenant improvements, among others. And with that, I will pass it over to Alfonso Rodriguez um, to further the remainder of the presentation. 
morning, Chairman, member of the members of the board. Um, So after we submitted our FTA request to engineering in February, we participated in a project risk assessment workshop. And that was conducted in mid-May. I want to thank the MTC for hosting that three-day event. Um, in that workshop, we presented our project scope and schedule and our project risk register. The FTA and the PMO uh, brought with them their subject matter experts for the workshop. Likewise, we did the same. We had our full team contingent of our general engineering consultant and our subject matter experts. And so together, we were able to engage in some very detailed, I, I will say effective technical discussions over specific elements of the project that have the potential for the highest impact to, cost, to our cost and schedule. Now, these uh, areas that we discussed represented our highest areas of risk in the project. The risk, register score, the risk register that we came in with scores um, these areas of risk. And during the workshop, we together rescored certain risks based on those discussions and observations. Um, after the workshop, it permitted the PMOC, our project management oversight consultant, to complete their independent view of the cost and schedule using um, FTA's risk guidelines and, and, and applied changes to contingencies. The key findings were an adjustment to our fiscal year 24-25 uh, forecasted cost escalation rate from 3.5% to 5%. They also um, uh, determined that an additional six months in our overall schedule is appropriate. Uh, th these two um, elements led to an overall cost adjustment of about $407 million, uh, again, from the change to escalation and and the added schedule duration, as well as uh, the rescored project risks, uh, and that feeds into their guidelines where they do a top-down risk assessment and out um, using a P65 percentile on a risk curve led to uh, the additional $407 million. I do want to point out, though, even though that value is rather high, no doubt, it only represented 6% of our overall project costs, which actually I think was a good show of support of the work, the very careful work we all did, including IPMT, to get us to that cost estimate. So in our February presentation to the board, we noted in our capital cost estimate that it did not include financing costs. Um, since the FTA guidelines were modified only, I think about a week, week, about a week before the board meeting, and we've since calculated our financing costs at $375 million, which is included in this grant request. We also added budget for maintenance of way vehicles suitable to operate in a tunneling environment and level boarding retrofit for the procured Caltrain electrified fleet. Our updated construction costs included, included our, included, I'm sorry, included in our funding plan is $3,529 million. Added to that are right-of-way program-wide or soft costs, updated contingency and financing costs adds another $3,988,000,000 for a total of $7,517,000,000. Over the past few months, we engaged FTA on the eligibility of the constructed train box, which sits below the Salesforce Transit Center and was delivered in phase one, as Adam pointed out earlier. The train box has no other purpose or utility other than serving as the terminal station for the portal project. It was far more cost effective for uh, TJPA to construct this during phase one. 
Good news is FTA agreed, and we were able to include the cost of the train box in our grant um, using year of expenditure dollars as the rest of our scope and cost is, ha, had been developed. Uh, this allows the TJPA to count the cost of the train box as local share. With the added eligible amount of, our, of, of our, the train box, our grant request is $8,246,000,000. Again, only, only 7.5 billion of which um, is cost that lies ahead. So our capital funding plan essentially has three categories. Committed and budgeted, our federal capital investment grant share, planned and potential funding sources. So the first category of funds, as the title suggests, has certainty. Second category reflects our upcoming submission to secure our federal grant of nearly $4.1 billion. The third category represents the work that lies ahead in order for us to meet our full local share in the plan. And it includes federal and state, a federal and state partnership grant um, for which we uh, await the outcome of our submission. This year's mega grant with an application due before the end of this month and other sources as listed. So uh, this funding uh, plan pie chart, I think does a really good job explaining um, that we have um, nearly 78% of our program funded, and that's represented by the blue and green categories. And that assumes success in the 4.1 billion federal grant that we seek. And as I mentioned, we're allowed to already include the cost of the train box um, as our local share, and it's reflected in the, in the graphic. So our updated submission carries a solid overall contingency of 43%. Over the next 20 months, we'll complete our funding plan, which reflects our continued pursuit of competitive grants, a coordinated state and federal advocacy approach, uh, continued work to seek uh, support through regional pri uh, prioritization, continued development of our new and expanded funding sources, and a continued focus by the project delivery team on value engineering. Uh, we will be working with IPMT in the months ahead to see if there, there are uh, further VE opportunities uh, to bring back some of the cost of our, uh, to lower the, our capital cost estimate. So our O&M costs submission looks simply at Caltrain's incremental operational costs with the project and revenue service. I should point out that high-speed rail service is not considered in this submission uh, for FTA grant purposes. The cost submission reflects a full year of revenue service and that leads to a base year of 2033. Our submission also reflects a service level of four electrified trains during peak hour uh, in and out of the uh, 4th and Townsend and the Salesforce Transit Center and six, six peak hour train service to the 4th and King Station using a combination of electric and diesel train sets. In May of this year, FTA released new ridership grant guidance, which is included in our updated submission, that calls for pre-pandemic and post-pandemic ridership and uses a blended approach when determining our overall project rating. So our O&M costs uh, estimate does not consider which agency will pay for these costs, though it is inclusive of all costs associated with operation and maintenance in 20, uh, $23. Our updated O&M cost submission is, about 30, is approximately $35 million, adjusted 
from February's submission of $40 million. So at this stage of the grant process, we're required to submit a reasonable plan to secure funding commitments. As we enter engineering, uh, the engineering phase of the grant, we do not need to solve um, the funding gap issue at this time, but we do need to close this gap with the assistance of funding partners and additional sources before we commence full funding grant agreement negotiations in October next year, and certainly before we sign a full funding grant agreement expected in the spring of 2025. These additional funding sources are being explored at the state, regional, and local levels, and those conversations are beginning. So this concludes um, our formal presentation of this item. Uh, Andrea and I are available to address your questions. Alfonso, thank you for the presentation and the update. There's a lot of numbers there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, directors, questions? Who would like to start the conversation? This is a big deal because there's a request here to move forward. So please ask questions. Director Chang. Thank you. Is my mic on or do I need to? Thank you so much, Chair, and my apologies for being tardy this morning. I just want to commend um, Director Vanderwater, Director Rodriguez, the whole project team on reaching this milestone. I don't have questions. I just really want to comment on what an um, uh, incredible milestone this is. It's significant. Um, about three years ago, I think we uh, formed our partnership, and it has really served the project well. It hasn't always been easy, um, but it has boosted, um, I think, the the, the quality and the readiness um, of this project to compete well in the federal process and all other funding processes that lie before us. Um, really want to thank this board for its leadership in challenging the team to uh, meet an accelerated schedule, in fact, so that we could be um, at this point at a time when there's historic infrastructure funding in Washington. Um, so I'm really proud of our team, and I want to thank especially, again, um, TJPA staff, as, also, as well as Director, uh, Director um, Bouchard, who's in the audience, and our, our sta her staff, Dahlia Chazan, and our rail program manager and our team at the TA, uh, Jesse Kaler. But really all of the team, including the city staff, um, MTC staff, as well as the high-speed rail authority staff, um, as well as our uh, PMCM team um, supporting TJPA. Uh, including uh, in the audience, I see Stephen Policanis as well. Thank you so much, everyone. And we do have a lot of work ahead of us. We saw the one and a half billion dollar um, uh, outstanding local match there. So just wanted to note that we will continue to need the advocacy and the engagement and the support of everyone in the region, um, hopefully at the state and federal levels as well, um, which we've enjoyed for the several past several years, just to fill out that uh, remaining portion of the funding plan. Um, and yeah, just really want to express my appreciation to everyone on behalf of Chairman, Vice Chair Mandelman as well. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Director. Others? I'll, I'll echo some of Director Cheng's comments. I, I think it's been a really important team effort and a huge milestone that you know I'm excited that to have the opportunity to vote on this today and to move this forward into the next stage of the FTA process. I especially want to commend the TJPA team on uh, working out with FTA how to include the train box uh, in the grant, because I think that was a, a monumental uh, shift and an especially important one that helps with the local match. It helps with the overall grant request. So I, I think a tremendous effort and uh, nothing but kudos from my side and happy to support the item. Thank you, Director Lipkin. Director Forbes? I also want to echo some of the comments, but it's obvious that 
working together and collaborating a lot in the early stages and getting things worked out and really digging into details across the various stakeholders and agencies here has made a huge difference. There's a lot of thought and clarity in the go forward plan. Um, so congratulations to laying all that groundwork with your partners and getting to this really excellent point. Thank you. Thank you, Director Forbes. Anyone else? Director John Baptiste. Um, just to pile on, but <clears throat> congratulations to the team as well. This is a really important moment. Um, I have to admit, it is also an anxiety-producing moment for me because we are now on a clock. And uh, while I think that the team has done an excellent job really laying out a viable financing strategy, both for the capital side of this program as well for the operating side of the program, none of that is guaranteed. And so I just want to remind all of us who are in a leadership position on this project that it is gonna take all of us working together as a team to secure this project over the finish line. Um, but very excited about this particular moment, so congratulations. Thank you, Director. We'll go to this side of the dish. <laughs> <laughs> Director Tumlin. Uh, others have already made all the key points. Uh, and on top of that, I would like to add uh, how proud I am that this project exemplifies regional collaboration. Uh, the number of agencies that have contributed their funding, but more importantly, their experience and their collaboration uh, is what has uh, made this project reach this milestone and is what will um, support the project's ongoing success. So thank you for uh, all the collaboration uh, and, and work that you've done to reach out to our agency, as well as the agencies that are represented here at the table and those agencies that are represented here today in the audience. Thank you, Director. Would you like to say anything? Sure. Just wanted to thank staff for all of their work to get me up to speed on this really complex project before today. I really appreciated the time you spent with me and um, going through this. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of the collaboration that got us to where we are today between agencies as well. So thank you. Very good. Thank you. Um, I guess I'll ask a couple questions before I chip in on thank you. So. You know, it is a tremendous amount of work first. And I remember, uh, Director Chang, when we began this conversation about this enormous body of work, and it really is, is and will continue to be an, an enormous body of work that took a huge village working together to get to this date. Um, in one of the slides, it, it talked about the escalation that the PMOC recommended, and that just further illustrates that time's not free. Um, I'm not sure I agree with the percentages, but nevertheless, time's not free. It comes with a cost. And so by accelerating the work plan, we were able to, you know, the finance people say you didn't really save money, but avoid costs by moving it up sooner than having it go longer. So uh, that slide, that first bullet on that slide did illustrate that time is not free, that it comes with a cost. The second thing is on slide, I believe it's 30, you know, the, the remarkable thing is there's always a tension about contingency versus costs. And so there was a, you know, maybe Alfonso, you can share with your thoughts because there's a design contingency, a construction contingency, right. and a program contingency that I think if I did my math right was about $2 billion. Yes, it is. About 2.1. Right. And these large projects, we never know until we know. And, and unfortunately, that by the time we know we're in construction. So can you talk about that kind of tension between when's enough and when's too much? Yeah. 
when you're applying for a funding grant? Well, I, I, the good news, the fortunate news is that FTA has plenty of experience delivering mega transit projects, right? They have a history. In fact, they, they have a pretty specific guideline that establishes overall costs that leads itself to contingency. And over the years, they've actually increased the amount that they are requesting sponsors to set aside for contingency. They have. It's just a result of the, all the projects that have been completed. Um, the contingency slide I illustrated show three different buckets. There's the designer's contingency. That's what our engineers that develop the design set aside an amount. It ranged from 10 to 30 percent of the, that line item element, you know, how much concrete, how much track work, based on the level of development. We are only at 30 percent design. We plan on uh, increasing that design to 60 um, and then full design with our construction partners. But at this stage, the designer estimated a contingency. That's called the design contingency. The second category, and those are what we call as for known unknowns. You know, the designer knows there's something, but we don't know the magnitude that it might shift. The construction contingency is applied to the overall con construction value, and that, that's for the unknown unknowns. You're in a construction, as you pointed out, but you don't know what's going to happen. The things do happen, and we need to have an amount at the ready to address those. TJPA for the third category has a policy that we establish a program reserve. That is also a hefty amount, and that amount is there only in the event that we exhaust the first two buckets of contingency. We hope never to spend it, but it's our safety net. FTA calls that, though, part of our overall contingency, and that's how I came up with the percentage of 43%, which is hefty and above, well, it's hefty, but it is a, a reflection of the FTA risk workshop that led us to that amount. So again, we have a funding partner that has experience and says, you need to carry this, and we need, and, and you know, it, we do. <laughs> Very good, thank you, Alfonso, for that. Um, since we do, Michelle, I'm gonna ask you just, you know, since our executive director for Caltrain, I mean, you've been part of EPMT. Did I say that right? ESC, I'm sorry. IPMT, ESC. And Caltrain is the current operator. I mean, do you okay with what was presented? <laughs> uh, yeah, can you answer that for I me? I just want to put the spotlight on. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can totally relate to the feeling of being excited and absolutely uh, petrified at the same time. <laughs> um, but uh, major visionary projects like this require major leaps, and that's what we're doing. Um, I think it's also important that this board understands that the partnership uh, amongst the agencies that brought us to where we are today will not only continue, I think it'll strengthen as we take on much more difficult issues, frankly, um, but I absolutely concur with and fully support the, the, um, the presentation that was made by Alfonso and Andrea. Thank you, Michelle. Sorry for putting the spotlight on you, but thank you for doing that. And, and I would echo the visionary part. Um, having um, been in San Jose a couple weeks ago um, where the public got to see the new electric trains, that is a vision. It was a 30-year vision to get to where we are today and where we're gonna be hopefully in a year with electrified Caltrain service running on the peninsula um, and from San Jose to San Francisco. A 30-year vision as well as this project the Salesforce Center, the Transit Center, and DTX is another vision that just took decades to get to this point, 
but there's more hard work to still do. And I understand the feeling of excitement and being petrified. Um, it's a big lift, what, are, what we're going to do next. Um, it's going to be a lot more work, a lot more collaboration, a lot more joint effort, and we'll see and hear more with the governance blueprint about how much more work all the partners are going to have to lean in on to make sure what we're going to hopefully approve today is completed successfully. It's not easy. It's not for the faint-hearted. Um, so congratulations to everybody on the hard work. And Tilly, I didn't think we were going to get here, but we got here with the, you know, I was a skeptic. Because <laughs> you know, it was a lot of work. Everybody rose. It was a lot of work to get to this point. So this is an item for action for the board. But before we get there, is there any public comment? I'll check the room now for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I will look online. And we do have a member of the public online who would like to provide comment. Moderator, if you can please let them in. Um, thank you, Director. So I would like to start by echoing the, um, um, the Director's comments that um, hard work, collaboration, and consensus are definitely what matters um, uh, to this point. Um, having said that, I would like to make a couple of um, suggestions on the slide 34, which are likely to improve our um, FDA rating towards an FFDA. Uh, first of all, I think uh, we need to prioritize eliminating the two diesel trains that terminate at Fourth and King. And when we do that, that will increase the number of caltrains per hour from four to six. Second, in the absence of a high-speed rail, um, I think it's urgent uh, for us to start looking out um, to an alternative, uh, most likely a private partner. Um, right now, I would say that Brightline West seems to be obvious. Um, they're expected to score approximately $3.75 billion of the mega project grant on the uh, 21st of uh, this month. And last but not least, the third leg of the school, of the stool, uh, Link 21. Um, because the day we can bring in traffic from the East Bay, we will more than double the combined Caltrain and high-speed rail traffic coming to the uh, transit center every day. Thank you. Thank you, caller. And I will check if there's any more public comment. Okay, seeing no further public comment, this is an item for action. Who would like to do the honors? I'll make a motion to approve. Thank you, Director Forbes. Second, Tumlin. Thank you, Director Tumlin. Great. With the first by Director Forbes, second by Director Tumlin, I'll call roll. Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Director Tumlin? Aye. Tumlin, aye. And Chair G? Yes. GI. Um, item 9 is approved. Congratulations, everybody. Thank you.
Directors and Madam Clerk, if I may, given the historic vote, I, I would wanted to invite Alfonso back up to thank the team for all of their hard work uh, getting us here. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do appreciate the comments of the board, but <laughs> a talented team got us here. Um, the commitment of the entire team made it happen. So I, I just wanted to acknowledge them. We would not have gotten here without that commitment, so thank you. Please give our thanks to everyone on the team because it is a village that got here. Alfonso, thank you. Okay, proceeding to the next item. Directors, item 10 is authorizing the executive director to enter into an interim agreement with Peninsula Corridor Joint Powers Board. Caltrain for the period of September 1st, 2023 through September 30th, 2024 in an amount not to exceed $5,018,239 while the parties negotiate a longer term master cooperative agreement and adopt amendment number one to the fiscal year 2023-2024 capital budget for phase two to reallocate necessary funds with no change in the total amount of the budget. And here to address you is Anna Harvey, Deputy Director, or pardon me, uh, TJPA Project Director of Engineering for the portal. Good morning, Chair G and Directors. Um, Anna Harvey, Deputy Project Director for Engineering with TJPA. The item before you this morning has two parts, the consideration for an interim agreement with Caltrain and a budget amendment to fund this agreement that does not increase the overall phase two capital budget for fiscal year 23-24. I don't have a slide deck to share today, but I did want to acknowledge that Michelle Bouchard, Executive Director for Caltrain, as well as Dahlia Chazen, Deputy Chief for Caltrain Planning, are in attendance here here today, um, and also that Andrea Miller, TJPA CFO, will be available to answer any questions related to the budget um, after my presentation. FTA requires that TJPA, as the project sponsor for the portal, complete and secure all critical third-party agreements that are necessary to facilitate the financing, design, permitting, construction, and operation and maintenance of a federally funded capital transit project. TJPA is actively engaged with the necessary third parties um, to secure those required agreements in a timely fashion. FTA requires substantial progress on those third-party agreements before the project enters the engineering phase anticipated this fall. TJPA and Caltrain have been engaged over the past year in developing a Master Cooperative Agreement, or MCA, anticipated to be completed prior to our October 24 schedule milestone, that's 2024, to begin negotiating the FFGA. The interim agreement presented here today for your consideration represents progress on this overall MCA and allows us to continue our collaborative coordination on delivering the portal while the MCA negotiation continues. In July of last year, TJPA and Caltrain entered into a letter of agreement to reimburse Caltrain costs in this effort. That LOA has been amended twice. The not to exceed budget as amended is 3.519 million, about 436,000 in fiscal 21-22, and 3.083 million in fiscal 22-23 through the end of the term of that LOA. The LOA expires August 31st of this year. To facilitate our continued teamwork, TJPA staff have negotiated an interim agreement, or IA, with Caltrain that will govern TJPA and Caltrain's cooperation in advancing the portal through September of 2024, when the master cooperative agreement is expected to be executed. The scope of the IA includes the following four items. First, decision-making process and project delivery roles. 
Second, staffing, budget, and reimbursement. Third, a joint work plan or the expected tasks and activities that Caltrain and TJPA will jointly undertake during the 13-month term. And fourth, concurrence on design approach for certain work in the fourth and King Yard related to preparation for DTX. I wanna note that the IA is limited in scope to only those topics identified in the IA itself and its attached work plan. The work is focused on the design of the components of the project within Caltrain's right-of-way. It also includes certain other work related to procurement preparation consistent with our annual work plan. The IA is limited in duration to those um, September 1st of this year until September 30th of next year. And it also expressly acknowledges that all work must be consistent with federal and state grants as well as applicable law. Caltrain staff recently presented the IA to its board committees and received a favorable recommendation to send it to Caltrain's full board for approval. Caltrain's board approved the IA at their August 3rd meeting. That's the first part of the item. The second part is the proposed amendment to the capital budget for phase two, which was adopted by this board on June 8th of this year. The budget identifies a line item for 3.35 million for interagency coordination, which assumed 2.4 million for coordination with Caltrain under this interim agreement and 950,000 for coordination with the city and county of San Francisco under the recently approved interagency cooperation agreement. Following a rigorous bottoms-up estimate um, for the anticipated support needs for the joint work plan included as an appendix to the IA, we determined that the amount that TJPA staff had initially anticipated for this effort in this fiscal year's budget needed to be amended. This is due primarily to an acceleration of the level of effort, an extension of the time duration for the work, and a sharing of decision-making as part of the integrated project delivery team. TJPA staff plan to reconcile this difference by reducing planned expenditures and other budget line items in the current fiscal year. Staff proposes to reallocate 1.24 million from certain funds in the fiscal 23-24 capital budget for phase two without changing the total amount of the budget to accommodate this IA. Staff recommend that the board adopt amendment number one to the fiscal 23-24 DTX capital budget as shown in the attachment and the reallocation does not increase the overall budget. With that, I and others present are available to answer any questions. Thank you. Very good. Thank you for the presentation. Chair G, if I may please. Um, in response to a request from Director Lipkin, uh, certain proposed edits to the resolution in the interim agreement have been provided to the board in hard copy, and if accepted, will be read into the record. Good. Thank you. And maybe I can jump in to explain oh. what I'm asking for and why, and, and a little bit of the background of that. Want to go first? You? Or who wanted to go first? Nope. Uh, directors, I just wanted to, in the spirit of the collaboration that was so key to the success of item nine on today's agenda, um, this item reflects uh, continued collaboration with Caltrain as our initial and concurrent operator. Um, and uh, you'll be hearing shortly about a friendly amendment that um, makes this interim agreement consistent with our MOU process and our existing grant, um, state and federal grant uh, obligations. Um, and then we'll be continuing the conversation around collaboration with item 12 on the calendar uh, when we get into the uh, governance blueprint and the beginnings of the successor MOU. But with that, Director Lipkin. Director Lipkin, thank you. Uh, and, and thank you, uh, Anna, for the presentation and uh, Executive Director Vandewater for the, for the background. Uh, the thing that the amendment that I'm putting forward is really meant to, as 
we began to review the proposed IA, and this is a very important uh, agreement between TJPA and Caltrain. It vests in Caltrain certain uh, design approval uh, rights, which is, of course, important that we're dealing with uh, Caltrain's rail yard and, and other pieces. Uh, but what, at least from our perspective, seemed to be a little bit uh, missing was the ensuring that while we need Caltrain's approval rights, we also need high-speed rail from a safety and design perspective uh, to be able to ensure that uh, the project, the portal as a whole, uh, would meet both Caltrain needs and high-speed rail needs. And so th while this agreement is only a Caltrain and TJPA ag agreement, uh, we do have other places where that is uh, codified and explained, so both in our MOU process uh, as well as in a 2010 agreement uh, with the Federal Railroad Administration, which specifically calls out uh, that the TJPA will design and construct uh, the system to safely and efficiently accommodate high-speed rail service. Uh, and so the amendment that I've asked to put forward, and I know that staff's worked this out with Caltrain uh, ahead of the meeting, uh, is really in a few different places making sure that we have those references to the context within which this uh, interim agreement rests. Uh, and of course, we'll be uh, working collaboratively during the next, I guess it's 14 months on the MCA and really sorting out in a little more detail of all the process for both high-speed rail and Caltrain uh, on design input and, and safety requirements and design criteria. So that's the, the background, and I think you all have the distribution. I know, um, uh, I think uh, we can read, somebody from the staff can read the, the, the actual amendment pieces, but um, uh, that's, the, that's, that's what I'd like to raise. Marcy, why don't you go ahead and read that before we continue our conversation. Great. Thank you, Chair Jean. Um, in the interim agreement, recital number one, there is text that has been added to the end of the paragraph stating, similarly, nothing in this agreement will relieve Caltrain or TJPA of any of their responsibilities pursuant to the MOU. Recital N has been edited to TJPA and Caltrain acknowledge that the work performed under this agreement shall be in conformance with the applicable federal and or state striking grant conditions and all applicable laws adding and regulations the parties further acknowledge that the work performed under this agreement shall comply with the respective obligations pursuant to the terms and conditions of any existing grant striking including adding the agreements TJPA specifically acknowledges that nothing in this agreement will relieve TJPA of its ob obligations pursuant to TJPA's 20 2010 grant cooperative agreement with the Federal Railroad Administration related to the grant of $400 million in American Recovery and Reinvestment Act funds to construct the train box. On the second page, recital 2D has, pardon me, recital 3D has been added to state. The parties will continue their cooperative efforts related to planning, design, construction, funding, and other implementation matters pursuant to an integrated project team model with other parties to the 2020 San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Memorandum of Understanding and any successor agreement between the MOU parties. Next, the resolution after clause, um, the eighth clause, there are three additional clauses that were added. Whereas the interim agreement is only intended to govern the parties' cooperation in advancing the DTX project pursuant to a joint work plan specified in the agreement. The design work subject to the interim agreement is focused on the Caltrain Fourth and King Yard DTX preparation and Whereas the interim agreement is only intended to govern the parties' cooperation in advancing the DTX project during the 14th month term of the interim agreement and whereas 
the work performed under this interim agreement shall be in conformance with all applicable federal and state grant conditions and applicable laws, including the TJPA's 2010 grant cooperative agreement with the Federal Railroad Administration relating to the grant of $400 million in American Recovery and Reinvestment Act ARA funds to construct the train box. Thank you, Carsey. Yes. Um, directors, other questions or comments? Director John Baptiste. I have a procedural question. Um, I believe that you were noting that the Caltrain JPB has already approved this agreement, and I'm wondering whether these modifications have any impact on Caltrain's approval of this agreement, because I think our timing is tight. Thank you for the question. Um, TJPA staff did discuss the proposed edits with Caltrain staff in advance of the meeting, and Caltrain staff believe that they can move forward with the agreement with these edits incorporated, given that they don't make a substantive change to the rights or obligations of either party, their clarifications of existing rights and, and commitments. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Director. Other questions or comments? Michelle, would you like to make a comment? Are you okay with the edits? I mean, I'm sorry, but you're here. <laughs> what happens when you come to meetings? Before I say anything, so. Uh, well, first of all, I do want to thank um, um, everyone for really digging in late last night and early this morning to come up with some language that I think uh, I very much do agree um, still is in line with what the original intent was and what was approved by the Caltrain board. Um, Chair G, you'll tell me otherwise. Um, and so uh, we're fully in support of incorporating the language and certainly hope that this uh, item will pass. It will allow us to keep pushing forward on the important work that we're doing here. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for letting me put the spotlight on you. <laughs> um, Director Lipkin, I appreciate the background and, and the edits um, and, and kind of thinking this through on the fly here since there were a lot late night text messages and can you call me um, it strikes me that there's maybe a whereas missing but I'm not going to propose a whereas I just want it for the record in our record here that this interim agreement really is focused on a very limited scope and particularly on the fourth and King rail yards and the early work package that needs to happen there what's missing for me is a recognition that there's a current operation, rail operation underway that cannot be compromised at all with any decision being made about accommodating high-speed rail or any other operator, whether it be public or private. So while we, I don't want us to preclude high-speed rail from the opportunity coming in, decisions made now cannot compromise the safety and integrity of the current operate, rail operation. I don't care about the grant funding. We cannot compromise safety of our riding public. And that has to be acknowledged and recognized um, because all, all is done if something bad happens. And that's not recognized. So I'm not proposing necessarily another whereas because I don't want to mess up the edits. But I want to make it very clear on the record that yes, we have, as we spoke earlier on the other topic, a number of funding partners and we're very grateful and thank you for that partnership but we also have a current operating rail and ridership that we're trying to increase and their safety is number one 
and that has to be on the front of everything we do, no matter what design needs may happen. I hope nobody disagrees with me. <laughs> uh, I can add, as a transit operator that operates on three sides of the current Caltrain uh, terminus, uh, we also share those same concerns about making sure that the existing services are accommodated and that we uh, prioritize a safe systems approach for all mobility users uh, in and around the facility. Thank you for adding that. And absolutely, you do run on all three sides. <laughs> Just the one side, that can't happen. The other side, the fourth side. <laughs> Is there any public comment? I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. Seeing none online, there is no public comment for this item. Thank you, Carsey. This item is for action, so there would be a motion for the amended um, item in front of us. Who would like to make that motion? Uh, I would like to move the item with that amendment. Thank you. Director Lipkin, is there a second? Second. Thank you, Director John Baptiste. Okay. With the first by Director Lipkin, a second by Director John Baptiste. I'll go ahead and call the vote. Uh, Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. For, uh, Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director, Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Director Tumlin? Aye. Tumlin, aye. And Chair G? Yes. G, aye. This item is approved. Thank you. Proceed to your next item. Directors, item 11 is the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Executive Steering Committee update and status of the downtown rail extension, the portal work plan schedule. Michelle Bouchard, ESC chair, will provide the update, followed by Alfonso Rodriguez, TJPA project director for the portal, who will provide the status of the schedule. Thank you, Chair G, directors. Um, before I go into my prepared remarks, I really did want to congratulate this board on uh, the historic uh, support that is going to get us into engineering and get this project built. Um, it, uh, you know, we, we obviously needed your support to get here and we will need it to get across the finish line. Uh, I will tell you, Chair G talked about an event that Caltrain had a couple of weekends ago um, where he hosted what was a fantastic 4,200 person block party um, that uh, really does serve to build so much excitement, not only about the Caltrain electrification program, but what it could mean to serve the Transbay terminal So, uh, with the portal. So um, um, Chair Chang, I wanna thank you for attending. Uh, Director Lipkin, you attended with a future uh, engineer for Caltrain, I hope, in maybe 15 years or so. <laughs> um, but I uh, also wanted to let folks know we're gonna be hosting a similar event up in San Francisco on September 23rd and want this to be the first of many invitations that you'll receive before that. So with my prepared remarks, uh, it's August and we've been working toward today's milestone for the portal project for over two years. Since the board adopted the accelerated comprehensive work plan in April, 2021, staff, the IPMT and ESC have been working collaboratively towards submitting documentation for FTA's consideration to permit entry into the engineering phase of the Capital Investment Grant New Starts program. In determining their approval, the FTA and its consultants assessed the project's cost, scope, and schedule, and determined TJPA's readiness to advance to this next step. 
The work plan modifications accelerated approximately 12 months of technical work and development activities and advanced the target date for a full funding grant agreement an entire year to the spring of 2025. This could not have been accomplished without partnership and aligned commitment of the six agencies supporting the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program. I'd also like to say that the FTA has been a true partner in this objective. Their engagement and support of our work has been wonderful, and we have also benefited from the assistance of the FTA's project management oversight consultant, who has been responsive and very helpful in navigating the requirements of the grant program. It's really been a huge lift, and teamwork uh, has been involved all the way around. Subject to the board's authorization to submit updated documentation today, yay, the FTA and its consultants will then complete the portal's risk assessment and readiness reports to advance into engineering. The FTA will finalize a project rating for this grant stage, and if favorable, will admit the project to engineering. At that time, a fixed capital investment grant amount will be established, reflecting FTA's entire funding participation subject to execution of an FFGA. With this completed, the FTA will consider recommending the project at the end of this year for funding in the next White House budget recommendation and consideration by Congress for federal fiscal year 2025. Also, for the board's consideration today, so the next item is the governance blueprint recommendation. Last month, the ESC received a presentation on the governance blueprint and had a fruitful discussion on the areas of governance structure and duties, a policy baseline and stage gate framework, a project reporting approach, general procedures for decision making and addressing changes. The governance blueprint to be presented to the board today reflects the ESC's discussion and collective agreement amongst the partners. This concludes my comments, and I'll ask Alfonso Rodriguez to provide a look ahead of the project-related items appearing before the board in the coming months. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I think at the last meeting, I was asked to kind of extend the look ahead, so we've done that. Um, shown on the, oops, it's not shown on the screen. It's, it is? Okay, great. Yeah, so shown on the screen is uh, an item that we plan on bringing back before the board in October, and that's a Caltrans site, uh, site work oversight uh, MOU. Uh, we have currently, through an earlier agreement, um, been assigned an oversight consultant that has been working very effectively with our team, I must say, in helping us advance our approach and progress our design concept um, for all the work that needs to be done at the 4th and King Caltrain uh, rail yard site that's required for the portal project. So this MOU allows for that continued support, uh, which permits, through the IA, our ability to advance that design. Um, the relocation plan listed for um, November um, is really a requirement of the Uniform Relocation and Property Acquisition Act, and the plan describes the project and real estate impacts of the program and explains the agency's relocation assistance program, including potential replacement sites for impacted occupants on those properties we, um, those few properties we intend to acquire. Uh, the baseline budget and schedule. This baseline budget and schedule item um, is, is really an informational item that we, well actually it's an action item that we ask the board to consider. Um, now that we've got our updated cost and schedule, uh, 
information developed and we will submit it to FTA here very soon, um, they get a chance to give it one final review. Um, with the inclusion of the train box, um, they might have a few questions on you know, what our work ahead uh, is required for an already constructed train box. So we felt that it was appropriate to take back to the board in November after this entire process is complete, after we expect to enter engineering, for the board to consider a baseline budget and schedule, which will serve as our guide as we move the project forward. The construction procurement update is, is an item that has been added. Uh, we're making good progress in our program, and with today's approval, we'll continue that progress. Um, but we want to brief the board on the procurements that are, lie ahead. I'm talking about the construction procurements. Uh, in November, we actually expect to release an RFQ for the um, uh, progressive design build contractor. It's a two-stage process. Uh, you might recall the presentation that I gave the board recently about that process. So I, it, I wanted to make sure that the board saw with clarity the progression of those various construction procurements, again, subject to full funding grant agreement, agreement and, and funding availability. You will hear an item today on the governance blueprint. Uh, in November or towards the end of the year, we actually expect to bring back to the board um, the governance MOU. Now, it may be in the form of a term sheet, but in the months that lie ahead, uh, subject to the board's adoption of the blueprint, we intend to work diligently with our partners to create the terms um, by which the successor MOU will follow. The existing MOU governs us through procurement ready state, pretty close to that. Uh, the successor MOU will govern um, the project during design completion and, and construction delivery. And so we're targeting November for that item to appear before the board. And then finally, um, our current program management project controls contract expires at the end of June of next year. And we've already released a solicitation for that staff supplementation, support, and construction management services requir we require to deliver the, the portal project. We call that the PMCM contract. Uh, we expect to bring that item before the board in February for your consideration to award that successor contract. There is an overlap period. Uh, we were asked to to include that, and we have. And that'll allow the opportunity for the new contract to, the, the new team to uh, work with the incumbent team um, to get up to speed and as we shift gears for the next phase of our program, which provides us that staff supplementation and construction oversight we require to deliver the portal. And that concludes my update today for the six months that lie ahead. Alfonso, thank you. It's hard to believe 2023 is flying by, so I appreciate you extending into 24 because two-thirds of the year is gone already. It's yeah. crazy. Directors, any questions for Alfonso or Michelle? Any public comment? All right. I will check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. Seeing no public comment online, there is no public comment for this item. All right, proceed to the next item. Uh, directors, item 12 is approving the governance blueprint for the downtown rail extension, now also known as the portal. 
as recommended by the Executive Steering Committee under the terms of the San Francisco Peninsula Rail Program Memorandum of Understanding with the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, the San Francisco County Transportation Authority, the Peninsula Corridor Joint Powers Board, Caltrain, the California High Speed Rail Authority, and the City and County of San Francisco Mayor's Office. Executive Van de Water will introduce the item that will be presented by SFCTA Rail Program Manager Jesse Kaler and MTC Asset Director Lisa Klein. Directors, the word of the day appears to be collaboration, um, and we're excited to bring you today an interim step towards a successor MOU to continue uh, to formally continue that collaboration into procurement and ultimately construction. Uh, today's governance blueprint is the result of a lot of uh, detailed discussions at our integrated project management team and executive steering committee levels, uh, and we're happy with how that has come together and look forward to this being a model for the delivery of transportation mega projects throughout the Bay Area, as this is an increasing conversation, uh, how we manage these projects successfully to schedule and budget. So with that, I want to introduce uh, Lisa and Jesse to walk us through the item. Uh, thank you. Um, good morning, uh, directors. I'm Lisa Klein, MTC's Director of Field Operations and Asset Management. I also serve as MTC's alternate on the Executive uh, Steering Committee. As has been mentioned, MTC co-leads the governance task with the San Francisco County Transportation Authority, represented uh, here today by Jesse Kaler, who will be co-presenting. Um, I likewise want to start off with some thank yous. There's been a lot of thank yous today. Um, I want to thank the integrated project management team and the executive steering committee. We have spent quite a bit of time with, with them. They've spent quite a, time, quite a bit of time with us um, really working through these recommendations so we can present a recommendation that represents a consensus among the six partners today. Uh, there we go. Okay. Um, so I want to back up just a bit, though. Um, it's, you know, much of this has been alluded to today. Uh, just for clarity, in June of 2020, the six agencies, um, the TJPA, Caltrain, High Speed Rail, City, Count, City and County of San Francisco, the San Francisco County Transportation Authority, and MTC executed uh, the Peninsula Rail Program MOU um, We've been working together under that structure established in that MOU to bring the project, as has been mentioned, to the procurement-ready state. The structure includes both the staff-level working group and the executive steering committee, um, and that's the way that uh, you know, recommendations are, um, that provides a platform for bringing recommendations through to this board. Uh, those have included defining the fundable uh, deliverable initial phase, project delivery strategy, and the blueprint governance um, recommendations today. Uh, this, this governance task is one of the key tasks from the current MOU's work plan. Its purpose is to consider the best institutional arrangement and governance for delivery of the portal, as has been mentioned, uh, through procurement, construction, and commissioning. In September 2022, the TJPA board approved a set of 10 governance study recommendations, again, as um, recommended by the Executive Steering Committee. These are foundational policy-level recommendations that focus on, um, that relate to the broad organization and, and coordination of the project partners and best practices for all rail mega projects. The first recommendation identifies the TJPA as the lead agency for project delivery. Recommendations two through five are primary recommendations that focus on the portal's scale and unique context, 
considering the involvement of the project partners, which has been really recognized, I think, very nicely today. Um, these touch on collaborative integrated management, transparency, use of a stage gate process, and the need to define a governance structure through various agreements, including a successor MOU. Recommendations six through 10 are supporting recommendations that aim to enable the first five recommendations and reflect industry best practices. They include recommendations on delegated authority, structure for management and oversight, embedment of risk management at all levels, single source project reporting, and an integrated delivery team composed of the Joint Powers Authority and key partner agencies. So that was the work approved in September, and now we'll pivot to what's before you today, uh, the, the governance blueprint that's in your packet. As in the prior recommendations, um, the, this, these recommendations have been developed very closely in cooperation with the, the TJPA and partner agencies and was unanimously recommended um, in July by the Executive Steering Committee to move forward for your consideration today. The blueprint is intended to guide the preparation of the new successor MOU among the six agencies as the current MOU is set to expire at the end of the year. We've already talked about that this MOU, the successor MOU, is really focused on the um, process from procurement through uh, construction and commissioning. I do really want to appreciate the comments that were earlier today on the value of the collaboration among the partners to date and the need to collaborate as we go for forward with the considerable work ahead. Uh, and the blueprint really focuses on the structure for that multi-agency collaboration I'll note that the individual agency's commitments, responsibilities, decision rights are the subject of several bilateral agreements. You just heard about one such agreement um, a couple items ago. Uh, and so those are not addressed directly in the blueprint, but the blueprint is structured to be compatible with those agreements. So what's covered in the blueprint recommendations? Uh, the blueprint has five sections. Just reading down the left column, these are governance structure and bodies, policy baseline and stage gate framework, change decision framework, project reporting approach and decision procedures. Um, Jesse's going to explain the highlights of each of those. Um, I do want to just note that broadly speaking, this table intends to show that if adopted, the blueprint provides an important foundation for some follow-up work to be done over the remainder of the year. Two such areas that I want to highlight, uh, in the first row under follow-up work, there's a reference to detailed procedures, including voting procedures for the change control board. The blueprint recommends a change control board of the six-member agencies. It reflects the need to consider risk context and ownership when a vote is taken. However, how this is reflected in voting rights is still to be worked out. The second I want to draw to your attention is that multiple rows identify preparation of a delegated authorities framework. This would establish thresholds for the types of changes escalating to each, each governance body. Um, and that will play an important role in ensuring the timely and effective decision-making at each level. I will now hand the presentation over to Jesse. Thank you, Lisa. Good morning, Chair G and Directors. Jesse Kaler, San Francisco County Transportation Authority. This slide depicts the governance blueprint's recommended governance structure for project procurement, construction, and commissioning. This framework is consistent with the recommendations that this board adopted last year, 
with refinements based on the recent work of the IPMT and ESC. The overall structure centers on a single line of reporting up from the project team through the project director and executive director, facilitated at all levels by engagement, review, and recommendation by the portal's partner agencies. The blueprint document recommends and describes parameters for each of these bodies, and I will highlight a few details here. Last year's recommendations identified the need for a transparent venue to review and vet policy matters advancing to the board for decision making. The blueprint recommends that the board establish the portal committee formed as a standing committee of this board and with membership from San Francisco and Caltrain and a third voting member and with non-voting membership by MTC. The policy review function facilitated by that board committee would also be enabled at a senior management or executive level, excuse me, through the recommended executive working group convened by the TJPA executive director and with representation from the six partner agencies for the portal. At a technical delivery level, the blueprint calls for the establishment of the portal change control board in order to provide oversight to the management of changes to scope, schedule, budget, and contracts. The change board is recommended to have, as Lisa mentioned, membership from all of the partner agencies. This model is consistent with Bay Area practice for mega projects in which multiple agencies share in the risk and responsibility for project delivery and operation. At a day-to-day -day senior management level, the blueprint identifies an integrated management team which will serve to align and coordinate management activities across the most involved agencies. In addition, the project delivery team will take an integrated approach to developing and deploying staff and consultant resources. Finally, this framework acknowledges the unique role of Caltrain as first operator, whereby certain project rights and authorities for Caltrain and the Caltrain board will be codified in the future master cooperative agreement, as you learned this morning, will be completed by fall of next year. The blueprint recommends a discrete set of policy baseline documents, which would serve to control the project at a policy level. Five baseline documents are identified, specifically with respect to project definition, schedule, budget, funding, and risk. Each of these documents will be established by the board over time with future changes subject to board approval. As you heard in Project Director Rodriguez's presentation, the baseline budget and schedule are planned for consideration by this board later this year. The board approved recommendations from last year called for the utilization of a stage gate process to align decision making at major milestones and ensure readiness for successive phases of work. The blueprints recommended framework for stage gates describes a series of major milestones on the project at which the project's readiness should be reviewed from the perspective of funding, FTA requirements, and technical activities. The first stage gate to advance to the procurement of the major construction contracts is planned to occur under our current Peninsula Rail MOU later this year. The process for future stage gates will be further defined in the successor MOU to take effect next year. Shifting to change management and change control, the blueprint identifies a framework for change types, each with specific processes for review and decision making. Authority for routine or minor changes would be delegated through TJPA staff to the project team with reporting of all changes to the change control board. Significant changes would be those changes above an identified threshold to be identified in the delegated authorities framework, which Lisa referenced, with those changes being consistent with the established policy baseline. These changes would generally require the recommendation of the change control board to implement. Finally, policy changes would be those changes that are materially inconsistent with the policy baseline and would be subject to board level approval. 
This slide illustrates the Blueprint's recommended process for regular project status reporting. The principle underlying this recommended approach is a single line of reporting and information from the project delivery team up through the governance structure with reporting reflecting the needs of various levels. The change control board will receive a thorough monthly report and a board level report should be presented to the portal board committee. The blueprint identifies three broad areas of activity to implement its recommendations. First, the delegated authorities framework as Lisa noted, will establish thresholds for each change type and align with the decision procedures across the governance structure. This framework would serve as a key component of the successor MOU to replace the current Peninsula Rail MOU and serve the needs of the project going forward. Finally, the new governance bodies identified in the blueprint will need to be established, including the Portal Board Committee and the Change Control Board. The IPMT and ESC will be continuing our work this fall in order to prepare the successor MOU with a target to bring forward the term sheet this fall. That concludes our presentation. The ESC's recommendation is before you, and Lisa and I look forward to your discussion, direction, and questions. Thank you. Jesse, thank you, and Lisa, thank you very much for your presentations. Directors? Who would like, this is another big important piece, so. Um, I, I have some comments, but Director John Baptiste, would you like to start the conversation? I didn't want to start, but I will start. Um, so first of all, again, congratulations. This is such a complex piece of um, architecture that you've put together that's really very, very impressive. Um, really well thought through from my perspective. And I think it acknowledges the complexity of the project while also creating clarity. So I was very impressed with it. Um, the one thing that I think just comes to mind is we have multiple bodies. So for both the TJPA and the JPB, we are intentionally bodies that are created to bring multiple perspectives into the room and also to hold the kind of mission of a particular agency within that same construct, which can sometimes um, be hard to balance the different perspective each of us is bringing and the commitment to the kind of mission of the organization that we intend to serve. Um, and that complexity is throughout this project because of the way we organize ourselves in this region. So um, I would just encourage us to have both a practice and perhaps a expectation that as we move through this governance structure we take time to reflect on what's working, um, what we might need to adjust to understand that while we've done, you all have done, I think, really strong thinking in putting this together that iterating based on kind of practical reality is actually welcomed because uh, it'll make the project stronger. And that for each of us who are participating in this process to try to remember as much as we can to be transparent and explicit about which hat we are wearing in the process along the way, I think will be helpful as well. So just my, my reflections on this. Thank you. Director John Baptiste, thank you for those comments. This is, is very complex and um, it's just a lot of work. <clears throat> Other directors? I'll jump in. Uh, uh, Director Lipian, please. Yeah, to, uh, thank you for the presentation. I just want to say that having been part of the ESC process on this, uh, I know we've had lots of back and forth about each of the components, but I do think it's been, you know, each one of those has sort of sharpened the, the pencil a little bit 
And so I think the, what you have here is a finished product that I think is, is a really good uh, piece of work. And so I'm happy to support it today. Thank you, Director Lipkin. Others? I guess I'll just add my thoughts then. So again, tremendous body of work with a complex number of partners, different governance structures, and trying to come together on this project that we just said, let's start to get into the next stage of engineering. When I look at what's going to happen next, um, particularly when we start construction, what's important to me, particularly with changes that will happen, is the nimbleness of the structure to be able to deal with whatever happens. I'm not good enough here to tell you exactly what's going to happen when we start digging or whatever, but the nimbleness needs to be um, available in the structure. And so what comes to mind is, as this becomes refined, I would be interested in um, service level commitments in the process. Is this a, a three month, you know, go through the ladder or is it three weeks? And depending on the nature, is there an escalation path to be able to deal with more imminent emergency? I mean, it reminds me of when I was doing university work, you know, I'd go to people in charge and they say well go to the faculty committee and here I am in the middle of summer and during construction that doesn't work and so we don't want to get caught where a decision needs to be made but we can't schedule a committee we can't schedule whatever and then all of a sudden we're stuck with a stop work and no decision um, so an escalation path and service level commitments are important to me uh, with regard to delegation, I'm, I'm fully supportive of delegation, but I think to um, further the transparency, there should be a ratification process so the public and the board can see it. Um, again, this is just food for thought. I know we're, there's a lot more work to be done. And, and then, Deborah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I don't memorize the TJPA bylaws. What do we have to do to stand up a new committee? So if at the appropriate time you are prepared to, as the chair to form a committee, uh, an ad hoc committee, um, you are uh, as the chair entitled to do that um, and then to uh, appoint the, identify and appoint the members to it and report back to the board. If instead it's a standing committee rather than an ad hoc committee, we would want to make that point clear as well, um, the distinction between those. I, mean, I know we can do an ad hoc committee pretty efficiently because it's limited in scope and duration. That's correct. Um, this would be limited in scope. I mean, it would be for the portal project, but it's not going to be that limited in duration. So. Yeah, I think that the parties are expecting that that policy committee would be a standing committee of the TJPA board. So is that a three-month effort here to notice, establish it, and appoint it to go through the board? Uh, I believe that we, we haven't discussed, but I believe the procedure would be that we would make a recommendation at the time okay. that we bring the MOU um, before the, the board in December. All right, very good, thank you. So those were my kind of thoughts. Director John Baptiste. I'm sorry, I realized I did have one question. Um, so it makes sense to me that a lot of the relationship between TJPA and individual other parties would be elaborated through into sort of, uh, what are they called, bilateral agreements. I, I guess it just raises the risk that 
those bilateral agreements could become out of step with kind of the, essentially the, the, um, the agreement that governs how all the parties together relate to each other. And I'm curious if you could just speak to how you're planning to mitigate for that. Sure, thank you for the question, Director Jean-Baptiste, and through the chair. One of the, I think in the governance team's view, key components of the successor MOU will be the work program uh, for which those parties are signing up. We, of course, had a work program in our existing MOU that was quite clear about which agencies are responsible for developing and reviewing and recommending components of that work program. Of course, the nature of the work program in procurement and delivery is quite distinct from this project development work program. So the way that that work program is going to be structured would need to be different. But the preparation of that work program, in my view, hitting the sweet spot for something that is durable and also that can be revisited periodically. And also that is a good venue, again, in my view, to incorporate the specific and critical chief uh, responsibilities and roles of the partners that are being formally negotiated in bilateral agreements. So I think that is uh, a key component of the work ahead to memorialize the overall agency relationship and who's doing what, so to speak, in the upcoming phases. Thank you. Very good, thank you. Other director comments or anything? Not seeing any, any public comment? All right, I'll check the room for public comment. Seeing none in the room, I will check online. We do have a member of the public online who would like to provide comment. Moderator, if you can please let them in. Uh, thank you, Director Spooner Brunson. So, very briefly, I would really like to uh, express my uh, uh, gratitude to um, Jesse and his team for uh, capturing any uh, residual issues raised at the uh, last uh, ESC meeting, developing solutions, and last but not least, achieving consensus among the partners. Uh, in closing, I look forward to the codification of this blueprint through an MOU that can be approved unanimously by this board. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Seeing no further uh, public comment online, this is item for action. Thank you. So it, this is an item for action. What would the board like to do? Is there a motion for approval? I'll move. Thank you, Director John Baptiste. Is there a second? I'll second. <laughs> Thank you, Director Forbes. All right, with the first by Director John Baptiste and a second by Director Forbes. Uh, Director Chang? Aye. Chang, aye. Director Forbes? Aye. Forbes, aye. Director John Baptiste? Aye. John Baptiste, aye. Director Lipkin? Aye. Lipkin, aye. Director Syed? Aye. Syed, aye. Director Tumlin? Aye. Tumlin, I and Chair G. Yes. G, I, this item is approved. Thank you. Board, thank you for your time today. Thank you for doing all your homework and the conversation. This is a very special day. We've done a tremendous amount of work along with the huge team behind. Congratulations, everyone. Congratulations, directors. Uh, I think that concludes the business for today. That concludes the business before you today. Meeting adjourned, and I think I gave everybody back 35 minutes. So. <laughs>